Hello, everyone, and welcome to Dr. Emmett Emery Sr. You better stand your watch, leader, leadership podcast. I know I've been gone for uh, whew, 30 days, but some things I had to take care of. It was worth it, what I had to accomplish. And I said, okay, when I come back, I'll make sure I got this, this incredible guest. And so when I kick it off my return, everyone's going to say, wow, did you see the guest he opened up with? This individual is in California on a different time zone. Sometimes I say on a different planet. <laughs> Her name is Tish. I might be, you know, I got I to gotta have it messing names up, so excuse me. <laughs> Trish Ibrahim. Trez Ibrahim. <laughs> okay. Trish, tell my audience about you. Thank you. So my name is Trez Ibrahim. Thank you so much for inviting me here. I'm very honored to be part of your, your show. I've watched a couple of them and pretty incredible. And, and I love talking about the two things that you talk about, spirituality and leadership. So it's an extreme honor for me. Um, so my name is Trez Ibrahim. I'm a success and spiritual coach. I am a speaker, author, and trainer. And I've been doing this work for about 38 years. Ooh. I started when I was two. Two? Wow. <laughs> I was two. And I've, I've, I've had the pleasure of really studying and putting my hands in a lot of different areas. So I've done leadership development, business and organizational development, conflict resolution, spirituality, mindset, neuropsychology. So bringing that all together is really my passion and, and, and my purpose in life. All those things that you mentioned involve people. So that's telling me, even though you didn't mention it, that you love people. Because you don't do all those things that interact with people unless you like people. Oh, absolutely. So that's a plus right there. Because when you love people, you love branching out into other things, leadership, decision-making, resolutions, conflict resolutions, and things of that nature. I absolutely love people. And I love seeing the possibility in others. That's to me to be able to look at someone and see no limitations and see what they're capable of and that there are no ceilings for them. That's really what, what drives me. Woo. I That's told you I had a guess. Speak. I told you I had a guess. I'm sorry. <laughs> keep going. Keep going. <laughs> I believe you can be, have, and do it all. Now it doesn't mean you do it for yourself. And we'll dive into that when, when we talk about my book. Um, I don't know if I mentioned that yet, but I do have um, my my last book, best-selling um, book is The Modern Woman, Discover Your Sweet Inner, Sweet, Sexy, Bad. I don't know if we can say that word here. Go say it, go ahead. It's in the book, might as well say it here. <laughs> <laughs> Discover Your Inner, Sweet, Sexy, Badass Queen. <laughs> That's The Modern Woman. But you also have a business that you see your own founder of. You want yes. to talk about yes. that for a minute? Life Mastery Solution and TI International Training and Education. So I do trainings, um, education, coaching. I have a number of online programs, number of group programs, and a ton of free content out there. So I do go into corporations and different organizations and do programs on leadership development, communication, team building, um, along with my one-on-one -on -one work with business owners, executives, and entrepreneurs. And I used to call myself a life mastery strategist. And the reason I did that is because I believe you truly can't be happy unless you're living at a 10 in every area of your life. 
That means you're in the career that makes you jump out of bed and, and you're absolutely on purpose and excited about doing the work that you love, that you're making money that supports your lifestyle. You have time to actually enjoy your life and you have people that you love around you. So you can have incredible relationships and you have optimal health so you can get through the day and enjoy life and not be crippled by any discomfort. So I really do believe you have to master every area of your life. It's not just one or the other at the expense of others. So how did that blend in with goals and purposes? Oh, absolutely. It's, you know, it's aligning with what brings you joy and then making sure that you're paying attention to the other areas of your life. And so having a goal in your relationship and, and having a vision for your relationship, having a goal for your business, having a goal for your health, having a vision for all those areas and actually spending time every day working towards that so that you're not saying yes my relationship is important but when was the last time you took your wife out on a date or when was the last time you actually listened to your husband uh, talk about something that's going on at work you know it's like i could tell what's important to you by looking at your calendar how's that and if i don't see any time um at the gym or any time taking a walk or any time you know, doing outdoor activities, physical activities, that tells me your health is not important. If I don't see time with your children or time with family or, you know, your, your significant other, that tells me your, your spouse isn't important or your family isn't as important to you. Um, and so we devote time to those things that are important to us. We say, we could say certain things are important. I could say, you know, my son is number one in my life, but if I don't put attention on actually spending time with him and I don't calendarize it, then it, it's just a lot of hot air. And unfortunately, that's where a lot of people start to um, let their life slide. You know, it, it's it's they wake up 20 years later and they wonder why they have this big health problem. Well, what have you been doing the last 20 years? You know, they 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 come home and all of a sudden their, their spouse wants a divorce. That doesn't happen overnight. Right, right. So, um, or they lose their job, you know, because instead of setting goals and working towards a vision and, and the mission of the company, they're wasting time on emails or shopping on so, Amazon. So you focus on goals and you focus on vision. How do God blend into that? Oh, gosh. Well, that's where the, the, the vision starts. That's where the vision comes from. And so again, I could tell if your spirituality is important to you because are you spending time, you know, with God? I take an hour every single morning and I would say about 30 minutes to 45 minutes in the evenings to connect with that higher part of me because that's important. That's going to drive me. And what that does is it allows me to open up to my passion, to my purpose, which is really God's design for you. Yes. Whatever's calling you is whatever is uh, whatever you you want, whatever you desire, whatever brings you joy, whatever is pushing you forward is also calling you. That's God saying, this is where you're meant to be. And so I don't believe that anyone should be in a place that makes them miserable when it, something else is calling them. But it, it might be at times when God gives you a call, lean and a purpose and you miss it. You're going to a different direction that might cause problems and concerns in a relationship as well. So how do you explain to an individual on how to identify if it's a calling or not? 
that's very interesting because yes, I, I believe the calling always starts as a light whisper. Uh-oh, uh-oh. And that's why it's really important to to take that time to to get quiet and center and connect with God, higher power, you know, whatever you call it, um, so that you can listen to that. Because if you don't listen to the whisper, you know, there might be a little knock. If you don't listen to the knock, you know, it's going to be a two by four. Woo. And if you don't listen to the two by four, you're going to be knocked to the head on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> and so unfortunately, that's where that's where um, when we don't heed the call, we don't answer the call. Things get really uncomfortable for us. Yes. And at some point, if we choose it, it it's a choice. It's a choice. You know, I, I just did a present. I just did a I, I just spoke on the hero's journey. And it's kind of the exact same thing as when you have that call, when you deny the call, the story ends there. Yes. You're kind of stuck. Yes. And, and you can be stuck in that uncomfortable place. And we know people that just go through the motions and they've shut down spiritually. Their hearts shut down. Their yes. minds shut down. They're just what, you know, they're, they're tiptoeing to their death. That's you know, true. They're just hoping nothing really rattles in their life. And when you say yes to the call, I always say, you know, it's like when God calls you, you say yes. And, and God says, number one, God says, thank you. And then he says, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> hold on. Because <laughs> it might be a bumpy ride. Yes. <laughs> That's what's going to grow us. That's what's going to allow us to be, become bigger, better versions of ourselves. We're designed to evolve. Now, doing that bumpy ride, how do you feel about mentor being put in there? Oh, it's it's absolutely important. It's vital. It's vital to have a mentor because you can't see yourself when you're the one in the frame. You have to have someone outside of you who can guide you, who can pay, who can show you things that you can't see. Good, good. I have mentors. I have coaches and I will never, ever let them go. And I believe everyone needs that one person who not one. I have a team of them. And, and, you know, you can have a team as well Yes, yes. Um, who could, who could guide you and, and show you what you're missing because we're all locked in our own box, no matter how big we grow, there's still some place that we can't see. There's still some place we can't see. And so having that, that mentor, that coach, that, that person that number one believes in us because we're, we're going to falter yes. and we're going to fall and we're going to doubt ourselves. And that reminds us who we are and uh, what the possibilities are. And also someone that can show us, okay, this is, this is where you're, you're, you're kind of messing up. Yes. Yes. Now you sound very clear in your speech, no accent, but yet you have an Egyptian background. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Well, I was born in Egypt. I, my parents came to the United States, brought me as an infant for greater opportunity, for freedom, for, you know, it's like only in America can you have a dream and anything is possible, right? Yes, yes. In other countries, particularly um, in Egypt, my family was Christian. And if you're Christian, you can only go so far and work. You can only, you know, live in certain areas. There's a lot of restrictions there. And really? So, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So there's a lot of, a lot of, um, uh, uh, limitations, mm. uh, discrimination, oppression, all of that. So here you, you could have a dream and it's all possible if you work hard, if mm. you work hard. So I was taught to, to dream big. My parents were big dreamers and to work hard. And I always thought, you know, that was enough. You work hard, you dream big and all your dreams will come true. And I'll tell you, I had a rude awakening because, um, my parents, 
worked their bottoms off. I mean, my dad would come home and, and say, you know, work like a dog. I don't know why that, that was a saying that I just remember him saying over and over again, but he had dreams and, and, and they started to save money and, and buy real estate and do all kinds of things, you know, the American dream and sacrificed. And when I was 16, my father died. Mm. And um, 10 short years later, my mom died at wow. a job she needed. And wow. by that time had lost all of the, um, everything that my dad had, had built while well, they built it together, but everything they had built up together. So I thought if you can dream, you could have anything. And um, really quickly, I learned then that um, it's possible to die without your dream coming true. Yes. That that was a hard, a hard lesson because I, I just thought, you know, everything would work out. And in at that time, in my early 20s, I also found myself broke, homeless, divorced, taking mm. care of an infant son. All the dreams that I had for myself, I, I saw, uh, instead of the dreams, I just saw a really dark, dark place. And fortunately, um, that part of me that still wanted to dream had a voice. And even though I was in this dark place, it just got me into a search mode for the answer to life. And at that point, I just started to study. You know, I, I, I wasn't willing to let go of the, the dreaming part. I just needed to figure out what other missing pieces were there. So there were a lot did, of other missing pieces. So, so I the, went on a search. So how did the dream line up with passion? Well, the dream is um, how did the dream line up with passion? Well, you know, whatever brings you joy, whatever brings you passion, that's the energy that's moving forward. That tells you your 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 dream. It's, it's giving that dream energy. Yes. It's giving that dream energy. Yes. So you could start to take the right action steps and you could start to move forward. What was your motivator? You know, it was I, I knew there was something else. I, again, I really I really thank my parents for raising me um, as a dreamer. And I knew something was, I knew, I knew things were possible. Let's talk about the modern woman, as you talked about, to describe four females, uh, archetypes within every woman and how to understand which one is driving us and why, mm -hmm. and how much power they have to wreak havoc on our self-esteem, health, and relationship, or transform them into the life we desire. Yes. You got four things going on here. Possibly five. Yes. Explain well, you know, all of them in more detail. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's in that dark period of my life when I was broke, homeless, taking care of an infant son. I I it was a rude awakening, not only about dreaming, but just really about who I am as a woman. My mom was a traditional woman, you know. My dad was a, a very traditional man. Um, so my dad worked, I, I shared with you, my dad worked really hard. He would come home. And as soon as he came home, you know, from a hard day's work, he would sit his bottom on the on the couch and watch TV. Mm. My mom worked the same amount of hours, would come home after a hard day's work. Oh, and by the way, now she started her second job. She would cook and clean and take care of the kids and feed wow. the pets and do the laundry <laughs> and do the dishes and all this stuff. And so growing up, I was thinking, oh, heck no. Like I was not going to become that woman. What I found, you know, when in my early 20s is I got married and I remember that first fight. <laughs> my husband and I came home from our honeymoon and um, the dishes were starting to pile up lurkingly in uh -oh. the sink. 
<laughs> and in my mind, I'm like, oh, heck no, I am not going to do this. I work, I earn money, I have a college degree, I'm a smart woman, I'm not going to be in a slave to the house. And of course, he was a man, so he wasn't going to do the dishes and with this huge fight. And, and needless to say, that marriage didn't end well. Obviously, it ended in divorce. And so being in this dark place alone, I just, you know, and I also had 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 a, um, I, I had like four jobs through college. I had a career, I had a business, I was taking care of a, a child and I was burnt out. I was, I was depleted. I was destroyed. And, and now I was alone. Mm. And, um, what I, what I had to do at that time is I was, I had to figure things out. You know, most successful women have failed marriages. There's a lot of wonderful, successful women out there that or women that in general have to choose between a career and family. Why, and why do they have true. failed marriages? Because they're so much into their masculine side. And they and what I wanted to do is because I went very much in my masculine side. I didn't want to be dependent on a man. I did. I wanted to earn my money. I wasn't going to take care of a man. I wasn't going to cook or clean or any of the the womanly stuff. And so um, it drives a woman to be more competitive. It drives a woman to be more competitive, and it loses her feminine. She loses her feminine essence and becomes wow. more like a man. That's what I in my early, you know, growing up, I wanted to be the best man in the room, but it didn't work for me. It didn't work for me. And so what I did is I had to figure out, okay, how do I play this game of being a woman in today's world that would give me energy at the end of the day, make me feel beautiful, energetic, um, loving, allow love in and um, help me feel energized at the end of the day versus depleted. So what I found is this idea of archetypes. Now, archetypes is something that was um, taught by Carl Jung and then Joseph Campbell in The Hero's Journey also kind of developed that idea. And archetypes are characteristics inherent in every human being. We all have them. And so what I as I study this, like, what is my role? How do I live my life? How do I you know, take care of myself, earn money, be a mother, uh, you know, and juggle all this. And so what I discovered is there's four archetypes that if we embody, and I started to really work on embodying them myself, if we as women embody them, and there is an equivalent for men, it informs us how to run our day, it informs us um, how it, it, it helps us come up with the best thoughts, actions, beliefs, uh, behaviors in moment to moment situations that will help me feel fulfilled at the end of the day rather than depleted. So the four feminine archetypes are the mother, the playmate, the CEO, and the high priestess. The high who? The high priestess. Okay, all right. So I, I when I hear talk this. About the high priestess, yeah. So I, when I talk about the sweet, sexy, badass queen, that those are the four. So the sweet is the mother. She's the loving, nurturing, caring part mm -hmm. of a woman. She's the one that loves to feed you. She's the one that anticipates your needs. She's so in tune with the people that are around her that she knows what you need even before you do. Wow. And it's such a beautiful place to be, to be so connected to other people's needs. But we know women who are so motherly, they become martyrs. Yes. They lose themselves. Yes. You know, whereas it's so beautiful to be so connected to someone else's needs, she loses her, her connection to her own needs. So that's the mother. And and women were designed to give. You know, today I hear the the narrative in so many young women that they think it's 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 an insult to <laughs> to, 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 to cook for a man or to take care of men. No, no, no. It's a blessing. Yes. It's our nature. 
And um, so that's the mother. That makes her sweet. That makes her kind, loving, taking care of people. And then we have the playmate. That's the sexy part of a woman. That allows her to feel passion, to feel joy, to feel beautiful. That in, encourages her or reminds her to dress up. You know, mm -hmm. one of the things, you know, when I got married is I let myself go. I had gained 100 pounds. I, I didn't feel beautiful. I didn't, you know, there were a lot of other things that led to that. I just wasn't feeling good about myself. I was in the wrong marriage. Okay. And I wasn't feeling good about myself. And, but it's important that a woman feels beautiful. I mean, the, the, the female body is so beautiful. She needs to take care of it. It brings her that joy. It brings her that connection to her sensuality and sexuality mm -hmm. and, and passion and fun. So the, the playmate is, is a part of her that laughs out loud, that can go down a slide giggling that, that is, is, you know, just that inner child in her that comes out. Mm. Um, now too much of the, that could make her maybe promiscuous, Mm. And it can also make her a little bit flaky because she's, you know, joie de vivre and doesn't really take care of, you know, anything grounded. Does it make her vulnerable? Um, it makes her extremely vulnerable. Mm. You know, the mother playmate is is the most vulnerable combination. Wow. Because she's so giving, so loving, so much of a people pleaser. And she's sexy and sweet and kind, very magnetic, very attracted to men, mm -hmm. but also um, attracted to the wrong men who want to use her and abuse her mm. and probably dump her. Unfortunately, the young girls that I see that have the mother playmate um, become sexually active at a younger age. Mm. And they, they do get taken advantage of. So, um, so yes. So now that's balanced by the CEO. That's the, that's the badass. Whereas the mother always says yes, the CEO says no. Mm. The CEO, the badass basically tells the playmate, okay, turn down your sexuality because this guy is not being respectful. You know, and so she she keeps the mother and the playmate protected. She's also the goal setter. She's responsible for making money, for earning money. She's a part of a woman that sets goals, that accomplishes things. She does what she says, says what she does. Very organized, uh, very much the leader. Um, the leader requires all the archetypes, and I'll address that because I know I know you're going to ask that. <laughs> uh, yes. Um, but she's um, she's the one that is in charge. She can run a household, or she can run a Fortune 100 company. Um, she's again very clear in her communication. She's unapologetic in who she is. She's very powerful, very strong. Now, too much of that. We know women who who have too much of the CEO. And they're this great word that rhymes with witch. <laughs> yes, we're not going to say that um, on the podcast, though. <laughs> we won't say that. We won't say that. Um, yes. And so so we don't want to lead with that either, because that's what's going to make you depleted, a woman depleted. That's what's going to take all the joy out of her life. That's what's going to put off people. Um, and that's what's going to dry, I mean, shut down her adrenals, like her physical body can't run off of that much external power and force. Um, but and how so, how was how does does the woman stay focused enough to have these personality separated? And at what time do she bring these forward? And what moment? Oh, what situations? Yes, great question. Great question. I want to finish the fourth archetype, so we're not leaving everyone in the loop. And then I'll talk about how how to dance with all of them. So the last one is the high priestess. That makes a woman a queen. 
This mm. is the part of her that's connected to her spiritual core. This is the woman that walks in a room and she lights up the room and she doesn't have to say a word. She's wow. very much a lady. She talks slow. She treats everyone with respect. She's the one that holds the vision and the mission and the standards of the people around her, of the, of the children, of the of her spouse, of her company. She's the one that makes sure we, we're, we're doing the right thing. We're always in integrity. She's very, very strong but in a centered way she's mm. not a bully and um again she knows who she is because she's the child of 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 the greater power yes. so there's no there's no forcing anything so so what i teach women to do is really create this dance between all four archetypes and it looks different in every area of your life. So if you're you're raising your children, um, working at, you know, running your company, interacting with your spouse, maybe in the dating field. And it's really, I wanted this to be so easy that I could be in a situation and I say, oh, I need to bring in my CEO right now because this guy's not treating me very nicely. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, I'm butting heads with my son. Let me bring in the playmate and just have fun with him for once, you know, because all I do is bark at him about doing homework. I'm I'm out on a date. You know, I'm going to bring in my my playmate and and you know allow him to to lead and 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 flirt and 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 bring out you know a lot more of my sensuality oh my boundaries are being crossed i need to bring in the ceo and and at this point this is where i walk away and it's so so it's really looking at a situation that i can give you you know if you have questions about maybe specific scenarios i can give you even more you know specific information but it's really looking at in this moment what how number one how do i bring all four in every area of my life so let's talk about business i'm running a company okay um there's a a great we know teddy roosevelt's quote he says people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care Mm -hmm. that's the mother so as a CEO, you need to care about your people. That's what makes you a good leader. And that's the mother coming in. It's asking your, your, you know, your staff how they're doing. It's caring about how they're feeling. It's connecting with, you know, someone's, someone's mother passed away. It's sending a, you know, flowers or a card or, you know, so it's bringing that mother in. But you can't be all mothers as a CEO running a company. So this the 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 CEO part of you, the badass part of you, has to set clear guidelines. You know, be organized, set expectations, communicate those expectations, make sure that they're followed. And um, the high priestess is the one that sets the vision, the mission. She's the one that says, um, "We we may lose money on this account, but we're not going to lie to our client." I did a um, a podcast um, introvert an extrovert, mm-hmm. how does your four individuals, what do they fall into? And if they fall into you an know, extrovert, how that comes about? They fall into introvert, how that comes about? You know, it, it's really, um, it can go, an introvert or an extrovert can, can embody all four of these. Because it's not about being loud. It's not about being, you know, socializing with everybody. The I would say the playmate, if anything, is the part of a, the woman that you know maybe needs to come out of her shell a little bit. Uh, but even introverts, I'm an introvert. Can you tell? Hell yes. 
<laughs> um, we actually love people. And so the Playmate allows you to really connect and have fun mm -hmm. um, with people. So, so there's no, there's no division there. It really is the introvert and the extrovert can embody all of these. That's and in great. the book, I really lay down specifics on how it looks in different scenarios so that you could start to, to own more of you. Give me an example. Yes, from the book. I like what I shared with the with the CEO, having the mission, the vision that the the CE that the high priestess brings to the CEO that runs a company mm -hmm. and saying, you know, we're gonna be in integrity. We're gonna act out of integrity. If there's a sticky situation, it's it's coming from that higher place. It's reminding everyone, you know, our business runs off of integrity. And then I talked about the mother is really connecting, you know. Um, having a company where people feel cared for, especially in this day and age, you know, moving forward, relationships are going to be everything. Yes. And that's going to distinguish companies that last versus companies that fall apart. Yes. And then the last one is a playmate. Got to have fun, you know, have fun. It's, it's have a few minutes at the beginning of a board meeting showing, you know, sharing some funny jokes or showing a funny meme or, you know, going to happy hour or doing something where you have fun together. So those are four ways, you know, for, for parts of a woman that can come as she's running a business. So how can my audience get a hold of this book? Um, it's on Amazon. Um, they, my suggestion is you type in my name, um, Therese Ibrahim, and you might have, oh, it's on my, it's on here. If you type in the title, the modern woman, you're going to get 2 million books with the word woman in it. So type in Trez Ibrahim and you'll find the modern woman there. Now your book touches on few leadership traits. Um, mm -hmm. I want you to explain the following. I'm going mm -hmm. to give it to you and I want you to explain it. Okay. Setting boundaries and achieving your goals. Setting boundaries. So that's the CEO. It, I'll, I'll tell you, um, when I was, when I was um, a new mother, <laughs> I thought setting boundaries meant you know, repeating what I wanted to say over and over again. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't wow. do that. Um, the CEO doesn't do that. She she sets she sets a boundary and then there's an immediate consequence. What do you mean by that? Well, it, it depends on what the situation is. You know, as a parent, um, you know, don't throw that toy at your sister. Um, and if the child does it, you pick up the toy, pick up the child and remove them or, you know, or whatever the consequence, you know, let's say you're out, we're going to leave if you do that. Um, and then act on it immediately. The CEO acts immediately. Now you're in California. I'm in California. Now in California, I say 30 to 40% of the people there perceive their animals to be their kids. So how that work with the animals? Oh, same thing. You know, I I see pet. You know, pets are smart. Children <laughs> are smart. They know who's gonna you know feed them on their table and who's never going to do that. Um, and so there, it's just the same. It's absolutely the same. You know, I think the biggest key for the CEO is um, she doesn't keep. She doesn't warn. She doesn't keep warning. Mm. If she if she says you know please don't yell at me. And he keeps yelling at me. She walks out the door. And I think that's where as women, we're so forgiving. It's the mother that just wants to take care of everyone. And, and we, you know, and it's a high priestess, right? That, that, that believes that, you know, you're doing the best you can and God, you know, love is unconditional and God should love and all that wonderful stuff. But the CEO, she don't, she don't mess around. If, if your actions are allowed, your voice doesn't have to be. 
That's a good point. Very good point. Yeah. And I'm not saying, you know, it doesn't have to be an immediate, a big, massive consequence the first time, but there needs to be a consequence immediately. Okay. What about facial expressions? Oh, you know, I used to be a teacher and I had a look. <laughs> I had a look. I would just shoot my kids a look and they knew. But that's because they learned that I would act on it. Yes. Yes. So um, facial, very powerful. But there's got to be something at the other end of it. Yes. Otherwise, it just becomes noise. And that's why that's as true. a mother who's very loving, giving and forgiving can get walked all over and she becomes a martyr and a doormat. So, so immediate consequences. Um, and the boundaries are not about what you say, but it's what you do. So what about a busy mom juggling multiple responsibility and how that relates to leader leadership? You know, a mom is a leader, right? She's running the household. She's running the kids. She's running the schedule. She's running everything. Part of what the CEO's job there is to get organized and ask for help. Because I say a woman could have be and do it all, but she can't do it all herself. Mm. And so it is um, teaching the kids immediately how to how to take on responsibilities teaching, you know, the rest of the family how to carry their weight. It's giving that time for herself for that self-care and that nurturing, being organized, um, being being kind and loving and having fun, having fun. You know, I saw, well, two things. Number one, I we have this next door app where people put in like little requests. And I saw this ad for this woman that says, oh, I need a high school student to come to my house um, for an hour a day. I just had surgery and I'm laying in bed uh, but my my husband comes home and he he makes himself food, but then leaves stuff all over the ca- kitchen counter, and I need someone to put it away. And I'm like, wow. uh, no, wow, <laughs> <laughs> you you need to have him. You know, if you're laying in the um, you know, after surgery, there's something wrong here. And then having fun, you know, it's my son never cleaned up. You know, when he was a child. And I would I would sing that annoying song until he would clean up and I would just have fun with it. And I'd be all clean up, clean up, everybody clean up. And then it was just like fun. And he would just like, all right, and he'd hurry up and clean up. Does it work Um, now? Clean his room. It would never get done. Wow. Does it work now? You know what? Yes, he, he, <laughs> he his space is messy, but common areas. Oh, no, he doesn't leave a spoon out. Because yeah, for me, it's and that's one thing for a, a woman. Um, clutter drains her energy. Why? Because a woman is designed to pay attention to everything, mm. right? She she's cooking and she's got part of her intuition and part of her ear is, is the baby okay? And then, you know, is my, uh, my other child, you know, is it qu- too quiet in their room? Mm. And what's the dog doing? And, you know, I need to check the oven and I've got something boiling in water. And then my husband's going to come home. She's designed to take in all of the information from her surroundings because that's why women are great multitaskers. They shouldn't be because it drains her. But so when there's clutter, not only is she listening for this and looking at that and paying attention to the stovetop, now she's seeing, you know, envelopes here and shoes over there and empty bags here. And it really does affect a woman negatively. Most women are so used to it. They don't understand how it's affecting them. That's true. Uh, but that needs That's to be, true. she needs to get a handle on that. And, and she needs to in, in, um, enlist the, 
the support of her significant other. And that's a big thing. So inspires and empower you to unleash your true potential. That's what all of this does. You have space for, for you to shine. You have space for you to glow. You have space for you to be creative. You have space for you to build something, to create something. You know, this is the best time in history for women. My, my mother worked, but she was a first generation of women that were allowed to work. My grandmother couldn't work. She wanted to be a doctor. And her father said, no, your job is to, to get married and take care of your family. Wow. And so we, so we kind of went the other extreme, especially with the feminist movement, where women now really wanted to become successful and create and be in charge and be independent. Uh, but now we can have it all because we can create outside of the home. We can, we, we have an outlet for our creative energy. We can make things happen. Women are so powerful and, and have so many wonderful ideas. They can do incredible things. And we can also, we're, we're responsible for the next generation. Yes. We have to take care of our children. We have to raise our children. We can't leave that up to social media or the neighborhood kids or, you know, or TV. They're doing a horrible job raising our kids right now. Preach. Um, yeah, absolutely. And so, <laughs> so if she understands how she can be a loving, giving mother who's present for her children and also, you know, has that intimacy and sexual connection with her spouse. So she's, you know, so they're a, a union and then she's out creating. She's got this outlet and she's always connected to divinity, to God. That's what allows her to be whole and complete and, and get everything done without feeling depleted. Well, it's something... It's something that you did not mention, and I want to to expound upon it. When, through this virtuous woman of this many talents and skills, find me time. That's 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 the responsibility of the mother. She needs to pay attention to when she's overgiving, mm. and then take that time for herself. She needs to give to herself every single day, you know, and, and I have a morning routine and an evening routine for all of these feminine archetypes um, that, again, allows her to to dance with all of them. So she doesn't neglect any part of her. But yes, she needs that quiet time. She needs to connect with her. She needs to that self-care. She needs to, you know, again, whatever whatever area that that inspires her to go out and do girls night or get her nails done or go to a spa or just sit quietly in her garden. Um, that needs to be a, a, a priority. And interestingly enough, most women think they don't have time for that. But when they take time for that, they have more energy to do everything else. Now, Tess, you just said something and you teased me and my audience. You said they need to find time for themselves. But how do they find time for themselves? They have to be organized. They and have you also, to put themselves priority. They have to make themselves priority. You also said something that I thought was very interesting. You said that you had a morning routine and an evening routine. And then you kept talking. So you're just going to tease us with that. So I want to expound upon one of the routines. Yes, absolutely. I'll say the morning because the morning is so, so important. And, you know, imagine the morning being kind of a slow wake up to the busyness of the day. So we always want to start with the, the softest part of the woman, which is the high priestess. Mm -hmm. That's the spiritual part of her. So as soon as you wake up, 
it's it's prayer it's meditation it's journaling she needs that time and then once she she takes care of that then she can go into the next softest, which is the mother. And that's mm. where she takes care of herself. She mothers herself. So for me, it's I make myself a cup of coffee and I sit on my bed and I enjoy the cup of coffee. It's kind of that slow waking moment. And again, it's five minutes. That's simple. So very simple. And so that's that, so that's taking care of the mother and that's get, you know, just that quiet time. You know, it's funny because when, when I was young, I walked in on my mother one time in bed and she was sitting up five in the morning. I don't know why I was up that early, but she was up drinking coffee. And I thought, that's so weird. Why is she up drinking coffee all by herself? <laughs> now I know as a mother, I know. And as a woman, I know. And then we go into the playmate. Now the playmate, you know, depends. I mean, at that point, if you, if you have a significant other, if you're married, that would be a perfect time to make love, to connect, to to feel that intimate connection. Mm -hmm. um, if if not, then it's doing something that is more sensual in nature. So you know, assuming you take a shower, it could be like rubbing, you know, beautiful coconut oil or something that smells really great. And, um, or, you know, that's when, that's when you start to beautify yourself. And then the CEO, that's when she looks at her calendar and she plans out her day and mm. she sets intentions. So she, and I have my, I'm, I'm a student of my calendar and all of my clients are required to be students of your calendar. You cannot accomplish the things that I, that I want to accomplish. And my clients tell me they want to accomplish without being a student of your calendar, right. meaning everything needs to be written down. And so in that morning, that's when I look at my calendar, I look at all my appointments, I kind of, if I need to make any adjustments, if I need to get my mental state ready for this phone call, for this project, for this speaking, um, I do at that point. And then I set my intentions. You know, my intention is I've got this great interview with Dr. Um, Emmett and and I'm going to show up and just serve and give and and hopefully inspire his listeners. And you have uh, I do that for every event um, that I have throughout that day. So that's the CEO starting her day powerfully. That's all of the, the archetypes starting powerfully. So what time? Oh, and you have inspired my audience. What time do your day start? What time do your day end? And what time do you start settling down? So I give myself two hours in the morning and two hours at night. Um, and and I would say even more than two hours at night because I don't do any social media, any computers or anything about three, four hours before bed. So in the morning, I go through my routine. There's exercise involved. There's, you know, more of the planning involved. Um, there's the breakfast involved. So I wake up at six. My day doesn't start till eight. And then between eight and 10, I'm focused on my projects. I don't schedule any client calls until 10 a.m. Unless I've got a one-off. I'm, I'm okay with one-off. Sometimes I'll have to speak in the morning. Sometimes I'll have to do a coaching call. Sometimes I'll have to meet, um, have to do a meeting um, in the morning. But if, if I can help it, I don't um, do any outs, outward connections until 10 a.m. And um, I pretty much go till about four. So we're 10 to four. And then at that point, then I'm, I've got my exercise routine, making meals, you know, and that's really also my learning time. Um, I'm an avid learner. I'm always reading. And I would say by I'm, I'm, I like to be in bed by eight. I'm usually out by nine or 10, but there's no electronics after about seven, seven or eight. So 
Bedtime is usually between nine and 10, again, depending on how my evenings um, look. Um, I do do evening activities, but two hours before is where the routine needs, things need to shut down. Mm-hmm. Now, being prior military and loving structure, I'm yes. loving what you're saying <laughs> because it's structure. I want to thank you for coming on and sharing all that information with us. I know it's more that we can just tap into, but we don't have the time. So I appreciate you coming. And I'm going to ask you to give one last saying, talk, whatever you want to say to my audience. You know, I think it's just a message for women that really take advantage of this beautiful time to really own all the parts of you. And if you um, play with these four feminine archetypes, then you can, on a dime, really balance yourself and feel full and take care of yourself and just get the zest for life um, that I think you deserve. So I highly encourage it. Thank you. So energetic. And I like to say goodbye. Thank you. And I like to say congratulations to my LBs, my lion brothers of Kappa Alpha Psi. Love you. Till we meet again. Bye.